0: Everyday Theology, where we don't tell you what to believe or how to think, but discuss why people believe what they do and why it matters. On this journey, we will speak with artists, curators, influencers, and pastors. I'm Aaron Ross. And I'm Ben Gomez. Today on Everyday Theology, we have with us a good friend of mine. His name is Travis Simons. Uh, Travis is a pastor at the Potter South in, uh, North Dallas. Um, Travis, thanks for being with us. Um, and I say us today, it's actually just me. So you get the unfortunate pleasure of just speaking with me <laughs> since Ben is somewhere else. I have no idea where he is. Um, but yeah, Travis, thanks for being here. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, thanks for having me, um, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I'm Travis Simons, I'm originally from Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, now reside in Texas, Dallas, Texas. Um, kind of my educational background. Uh, have a. Um, Bachelor's of Arts degree uh, in Religion and Philosophy from Claflin University, which is a small, historically black university in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And then I also have a Master's of Divinity degree from uh, Duke Divinity School in Durham, North Carolina. And so been in ministry, um, for what, 16, 17 years, uh, you know, had a call to ministry at a very young age, about 18, 19 years old. And so I've kind of devoted my time in becoming a, um, a you know, better communicator. Uh, I do counseling uh, outside of the work I do for church. I do counseling in an outside uh, counseling center. Um, I also uh, work with SEU, uh, Southeastern University, as whoop, whoop. a, <laughs> as a adjunct online adjunct professor and uh, also do some other work uh, there on the campus. And so I'm, I'm grateful, man. I'm a pastor at heart. I'm a pastor at heart. And, uh, but I love, I love dialoguing love debating, love creating things. And um, yeah, so that's, that's me in a nutshell. Oh, I'm married almost 13 years now to my beautiful wife, Nina Simons. And then we have four, amazing children, Sydney, she's 10, Isaiah, he is six, and I have, we also have twins, Mason and Mariah, they're two years old, they'll be three in February, so as, that's my as, life.
0: As someone who just has a dog, <laughs> I can't imagine that life. <laughs> I mean, I know it's enjoyable and all, but still, whew, even a dog is enough for me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's what Andy calls, it's the heart, not life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: one day I'll figure that life out. Um, well, Travis, thanks so much again. Uh, you know, we, you were here last week with me, um, you know, at, at Southeastern actually to preach and I got to see you for like two seconds. It was like the quickest, um, I've ever seen you on campus and then gone. Um, but we had like, you know, an interesting conversation And kind of going through a couple different things. And I know right now, especially in the church world, there's something that's recently happened that's causing a lot of people to have some dialogue, some debate, some maybe even frustration and yelling. And that is the fact that we do have this new record out from Kanye West called Jesus is King. And I Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people are struggling with it, or maybe not even struggling, but just are not thinking about it well. And I know you've got some thoughts here that can maybe help us think about how the church should engage with art such as Jesus is King, especially given, you know, who's who's the person who actually produced it. So, yeah, maybe hit us up and help us think about it some.
1: Um, yeah, so I, you know, I, um, I think some things I've been really kind of thinking about is, of course, people are aware of. You know, that Kanye West is a is a icon, uh, a global phenom in some regard. Um, And to be to be quite frank, um, there's always kind of skepticism behind uh, pop culture artists that turn now toward their faith. Uh, there's this skepticism that sometimes Christianity can be used as a scapegoat to people to really not deal with their issues, but a way to kind of suppress or make the public seem as though they're a better person, but they still deal with the same stuff that they're always doing. They never change. They just use Christianity as a way to tell the culture that they're trying to do better, but they never do yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have that narrative that's floating right there, right? So I think, though, as, you know, I've been able to kind of walk and analyze and think and pray and look at the Sunday service piece that's happening, and I think there's there's some sense of authenticity um, that is being displayed there. And I'm very, very careful uh, of how of how, who and what I endorse uh but I love music, but I think we should need to think about how there's two things I need to think about one is you remember the story in acts where Jesus uh excuse me where the people are in the house and they're praying that Peter will be released from prison
0: yeah they're like mm-hmm.
1: interceding and praying I kind of see that toward how church or different genres of church that we're praying for the loss. Like there's this, there's this, there's this empathy for the loss. We say we're the kingdom of God and we want to see the loss, find the cross of Jesus, right? Not just the cross because the cross has no power without Jesus on it.
0: Right. Right.
1: Right. So, but I feel like we're the, we're the people on the inside within those four walls, like the people would have been at the house. And we're praying for Kanye's. We're pa- praying for pop culture artists to turn toward Jesus. And they're knocking at the door, but we won't let them in. Yeah. There's this skepticism behind. And it, you also see that with Paul, that the apostles were very skeptical of Paul, because of his previous behavior right And right. So I think I think that we have to rest, we have to ask ourselves why are we wrestling with skepticism? Why are we wrestling with the very ideas that someone of that stature as it as it regards in the culture um, finding Jesus. Now they're not going to say everything right. They're not going to get it right. they're not going to, to to display certain things because they haven't been quote unquote churched right but the fact is do we see how do we measure how do we test the spirit by the spirit how do we say that this is authentic and i think we just have to you know in some ways follow on to know the lord and i think that sometimes we walk with this person not hoping that they always get it right that they would find harmony, health, wholeness. And at the end of the day, just because I have certain people around me that want I talk with certain people who uh, would be of a certain stature in culture, like at the end of the day, the church should not care about a person's position as much as a pastor should be caring about a person's soul. And I think that we we major on who this person is in culture versus really caring how God wants us to look. Because he told Samuel, don't look on the outer appearance when he was selecting, right? A king, he says, what? Don't look on, a, on the outer appearance because God looks at the heart. So, these, right. so I, I think right. there's this essence that we have to be true to be, to be watchmen and watch ladies (laughs) of a person. So we need to care about a person's soul more than we care about their influence or their popularity. And I think that's where the tension is.
0: Yeah, I think, especially when it comes to Kanye, right? There's definitely this reality of people who are looking at Kanye are, are expecting Kanye to look like them. So they're going, okay, I might've grown up in church. I might've been a Christian for, I don't know, X, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And now that Kanye is going to be out there proclaiming that Jesus is King, Kanye has to look just like I look. So he has to have the language that I have. He has to have the ability to like all that life transformation that maybe I've gone through. He's got to get that in six months which it's taken me 20, 30 years to get. Mm. And then when we don't see it, we immediately go, well, then it's just not real. But I think oh. that's partially because, you know, Kanye exists in a space that most of us don't exist. In, and that is just like what you said up top, right? He, he's an icon to some level. Mm. He's lived his life so long in the public eye that now he's got to deal with the own weight of that public eye that he has created for himself. hmm Right. So he lives in a tension that I don't think any of us can actually know what it's like to say, I've kind of grown into this space of being a public figure, being an icon. And everyone knows me as this thing. Right. And now I'm declaring that I am no longer that thing, that I'm something else. But I've been that other thing for 20 years. Wow. And I think that for so many people, we are putting on to Kanye going, well, Kanye, you have to look just like me if you're going to actually be that thing that you say you are.
1: Yeah, I I I completely agree with that. I think the tension that I live in is, is I don't want to see, I don't want to become Pharisee in my nature. I don't want to become a Pharisee. Because if you watch it, I'm not trying to make deify Kanye at all. I'm just going to use this as a as an insight for us. You know, Jesus is a Jew, but he's he's been chosen and not he's been chosen by God, but he hasn't been chosen by a rabbi. So he's not coming up through the same streams that right. priests would come yep. up through. He His mother grasped him out of the temple. He is not able to be selected at the time as a, for a rabbi to be studied with a rabbi because he is going to be a rabbi. That's why they're asking him, man, who's your teacher? Like, who did right. you learn this from? You know, by where's hope, your authority? Yeah. Right? Where did your authority come from? Because they're saying, they're trying to look at his spiritual lineage from a rabbi. So for me, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are always after Jesus because they, not, they don't fit. Jesus doesn't fit into the system by which they learn and understand.
0: He doesn't have the pedigree, right? Like right. The, the rabbi pedigree. So right? for
1: me, I live in this tension of one of empathy, evangelism, and yet skepticism because I want people of popularity, of pop culture to receive Jesus because I believe that there's no place under the sun that Jesus can't find people. However, you know, I I feel like I have to be careful that I don't become Pharisee, that I don't become this person that's trying to point out everything that's wrong with an artist. Well, he didn't say that correctly or he didn't quote that correctly Well, he didn't like, I have to be careful and we as Christians have to be careful even with other people. Let me also ask you this. You know, I I want to reduce the iconic part of personalities and just say uh what would we think if the guy at Starbucks just down our local Starbucks just tells us, Hey man, I converted to Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Or the baker or the chef that's cooking, um, you know, prepping meals or, or the guy at the gym or the bodybuilder at the gym or our trainer at the gym, he converts. Right. Does that change him from being a trainer or is it, a Christian is he a Christian? He <laughs> is he a trainer that has become a Christian? Like I'm just saying, like I think we've put too much labels. We only see people through the iconic part, and we don't right. see them as human beings who are in need of the love of God.
0: Right. It's like I think, in some sense, you know, another kind of biblical analogy here is, and this is not just like you said to compare Kanye to the, you know, the apostle Paul. But it is interesting that Paul is known by this reality in which he is a persecutor of Christians. And this is how all Christians kind of recognize Paul, at least those within the very kind of close circle area from which Paul starts, right? But the thing that's interesting, I think, with Paul is that when Paul converts, Paul takes this time to actually kind of get away from the public eye Which is really interesting, right? He goes and he's, he's prayed for, he's got these kind of like scales, that kind of like fall off his eyes and what Acts tells us. But then Paul also kind of confirms that he kind of goes away for three years to study and find things to be true. It's, it's like there's this almost like tension within the biblical text that goes, this is great. You've come to this now find it to be true right? Mm -mm. Like find out what this means for you. And we see this with a lot of biblical characters throughout kind of the biblical text of this like moment of finding something and then having to take the time to understand it. But we often as readers of the biblical text only look at them after they've taken the time. Mm. So like we often kind of miss the fact that in the gospels, the apostles make mistakes all the time. Oh. So when we see the apostles in, in the rest of the letters of the new Testament, we just kind of all of a sudden have this like holier than thou view of them, even though in a book like Galatians, Paul is going to have to call out, you know, the men from James and Peter and kind of be like, this is not Right. So there's still this tension there, but we demand of someone like Kanye to go, all right, you you have to be perfect now. And if you're not perfect, then you're definitely not one of us. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, do we think, because I am a church leader, And there's always a, you know, in our liturgical format, there's always this call to salvation, call to receive the love of God, uh, that we believe that through the preaching of the gospel or preaching through uh, a message, the message on Sundays or whatever days there are, that there's this leading that God is prompting is ever present and leading people to, uh, toward Christ. But, you know, just because my soul has been, I have been made aware of re, of the redemptive power of Jesus um, doesn't mean that my life is now perfect. Like we're called to work out our own soul salvation. Like we're called to become disciples. And i just like, when do, when does that happen overnight? Like right. that didn't happen yeah. overnight for me. Like that didn't happen. That's not happening overnight from the person who came with tears in their eyes, who's come to the, you know, the four sessions of how to be a new believer. And, you know, they're still working it out. They're still like I had I had somebody uh, hopefully this is not a rabbit trail, but I had somebody critique. I posted something. Uh, because of just kind of like where my family is through, you know, do a tough time right now with one of my family members and we're dealing with sickness and cancer. And I said, you know, we all must learn the art of not worrying, but allowing our, I'm paraphrasing here, letting our worry turn into worship. And the person's like, show me where Jesus said art. And I go, well, the word art it comes from a skill that's developed over time yeah what is discipline discipline right. is a skill that's that, that undergirds a principle that undergirds an instruction that's done over time that is perfected over time like you right. don't start fasting say hey I'm gonna fast and pray the Lord wants me to fast and pray Man, you're gonna you're, you might fail that first time you fast and pray if that makes sense you know, or being yeah. obedient to God, what we call in church lingo, or being obedient to God, whatever that may mean for a person.
0: But the fact As a lover of better, food, I am terrible at fasting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh but you know, but I think one of the things is is like that's something that's developed. Like where, do, where do, we don't go from zero to to a hundred. You know, nothing nobody right. matures that fast. And so Where is it that just because I have a title in a church now that somehow now I'm a model of perfection, but I'm not like at the end of the day, we're still sinners saved by the grace of God. So I don't want to like perpetuate this type of self-righteousness that I'm a gatekeeper of who can come into the kingdom and who cannot
0: which, which is always putting ourselves into a place of trying to be God when we do that, mm. as if somehow we can make that decision, which is, which is kind of going off of what you're talking about in terms of art, which is exactly what I've been trying to encourage my students who are asking me these questions. What do we do with this? Well, I mean, is Kanye a Christian? Is he not a Christian? Is this really an album or is this, you know, a really a Christian quote, unquote, Christian album, or is it not? And I, And I keep encouraging my students now to kind of go, look, it's it's not about the intention of Kanye. It's not even about who Kanye is. If anything, what we're dealing with at this moment is a piece of art that's been given to the world. And now how we use it and engage with it is going to tell us whether the art is good. So just like any kind of great painting, we can go to a great painting and we can look at it and we can just snub our nose at it and go, meh, doesn't do anything for me. And then that painting, that piece of art has done nothing. Mm. Right. But with, you know, an album like Jesus is King, now we can actually come to it and say, well, how is the church using it? How is it reflecting on it? Is it pushing us to be better in terms of who we are as Christians? Does it have something to say to us? Yeah, You know, that those are the rules I want to engage with the art of Kanye. Because if I want to actually say we have to, um, it has to be based on the intention of the person or yeah. authenticity of the person, then I think we're actually invalidating a, quite a lot of our own worship music in the church. Mm. And I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but I don't know if you remember this story. Um, I believe I'm trying to remember... Exactly. I don't want to call out any names or anything just because I don't want to do that. But there was a a specific song that kind of came out. I mean, it had to be what, like 10, 11, 12 years ago, something like that, where the song became like hugely famous and it was sung in churches all over the place. But the guy who wrote the song paired with the song, which was all about healing, which is going to give it away a little bit, but if you don't know, then good. Um, he paired with a song, this claim that he had an illness, and I believe it was cancer. And there's this big video of this guy who's, you know, got an o- oxygen mask on, singing this song about resting in the reality that God is our healer. And then come to find out he was faking his own cancer or his own illness. Oh. However, that song was actually used within the church as a piece of art that is actually hugely influential to a lot of people. Yeah. And it did to some degree help people in their relationality with God. But we don't invalidate that song because the sky lied to the church, right? In his recording. Yeah. So when, when I actually am encouraging the students and the recognition of this album, I go, how is it actually encouraging? you, how is it actually as a piece of art kind of pushing you to recognize the reality of God and the kingdom here and now, not so much who is the person who sang it?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think the more and more, like I've listened to a few interviews by Kanye, right? I think for me, like in seminary, like the types of conversations that he's having in an interview is the types of conversations—theological conversations, or life conversations, Maslow's—you know, um, hierarchy, hierarchy of needs. Of needs yeah. You know, these types of things that, or critiquing the culture without. In the culture, but outside of the culture, trying to look at things from a different lens, trying to see culture, trying to see um, how things move, how how um, how songs, how how we shape culture, Uh, how culture is shaped right now. Right. Um, Like having these different conversations, like I'm intrigued by the conversations that he's having, because I feel like I feel like in some sense in the church. We're not having convers we're having church, but we're not having conversations anymore. Yeah. We're we're not critiquing ourselves. We're not, you know, doing the due due diligence of critiquing ourselves. Watch this without being bitter. Like you know what I'm saying? Like the people that are critiquing the church are people who are going through certain hurts and different I'm saying there's a certain type of critique because we love it. You know what I'm saying? And we want to see it thrive that we can critique it from a place to say, how are we really witnessing the power of the Holy Spirit moving the lives of individuals um, through this music? Like I would tell you on Sunday spoke to my heart because I'm guilty of being led by the influence of social, of social media. Right. 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 And because I am a father Because I'm married. Like, yo, it reminded me of what I am teaching, what I am modeling with my daughters by affirming them as young ladies that they don't have to walk in insecurities, that it's okay for me to love them. It's okay for me to embrace them. I kiss my daughters. I hug them tightly. I can resonate with that because I have one that's 10 and one that's two. And the affirmation and the respect and the love and the discipline and the tough love that happens, you know, but kissing them, loving them, embracing them, hugging them, affirming them that hopefully they don't ever have to feel as though a man can get away with disrespecting them because their father never disrespected them. Affirming them. My sons as well. So his critique and his... um. Analyzing certain things. Here's what I do believe about Kanye. He says a lot just to see how much influence he has. He understands yeah. the power of a soundbite. He yeah. understands yeah. that the 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 shockwaves that if he puts on a maga hat, you know, what right. I'm saying? he understands the the amount of. Sometimes I think you know he does things to just get a reaction. You yeah. Know? Now, yeah. I think that's the childlike nature that is that he has, that he does things just to tick people off. And that's not healthy. That's not, you know, it but right. I think sometimes he he does that just to get attention.
0: Which which is gonna be an interesting kind of thing. And I think um being someone who is in the public eye, right. I, I think that Kanye is going to be Just as open to the critique of the same public by whom he is a quote unquote influencer of. Mm. So like you were saying with like, what, what do we do with the art? What do we do with the album? And that song closed on Sunday. Right. I think he's got an amazing line in that song. He says something about like holding selfies and putting Instagram away. right? Right. Which when I think of the church culture today especially and usually with larger church culture, you see a lot of times in which we encourage people to actually like kind of go to church because we're. I'm not going to say go to church because of it, but like while we're at church, like, Hey, make sure you're kind of putting Instagram us of on this, like follow us, tag us, tag that you're at church. You know what I mean? Like all this kind of stuff, like, we're doing this. And and yet Kanye actually has a pretty interesting critique of that and saying like, this is not for Sunday and this is not okay. And in some sense, follow Chick-fil-A's example, right? It may not be selling a chicken sandwich, but it may be actually engaging with your family and not with, you know, this online world. But in the same sense that Kanye is willing and able to give a critique to the church, which I think is an important critique, Mm. because he is someone who is a public and social figure, he also himself now has to be open to that same critique back. Yeah, And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a good critique. And Mm -hmm. We can throw out the bad critiques and kind of wade our way through the good critiques. But like you're saying, nothing, like you said, if we love something, we have to be open to the critique of, am I within my community doing it well or not doing it well?
1: And the question is, I don't necessarily know if Kanye is open to certain critiques, but I will say this is like, there's a lot of people who said, you know, hey, it's a cult. But like, I grew mm. up in a church culture where people wore choir ropes. Right. And they were
0: all the yeah. same color.
1: See, so, Which can
0: look kind of weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? For somebody like, who's not a part all... of the church, that can look kind of interesting, right? Yeah. So like.
1: I mean, award shows, you look at award shows, you look at the Grammys, you look at different ones. There are certain pop artists that has a choir behind them, and they all have the same robe on, same color robe, blue, red right. or whatever it is. The color schemes are, are the same. It's like the identical thing. So what makes this look like a cult? When me, because I was raised in church culture, I've seen choir robes. I've seen a group of people from 30 to 50 to 60 member choir singing like what's being modeled. And there's a large portion, if you want to think about the liturgical, um, um, if you want to think about where we are globally, as it pertains to a Sunday service, there's been a lost art of choirs or a yeah. choral team singing from all, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying there is scarcity because everybody is modeling this type of praise and worship. Um, right. That has removed itself from the representation of a core group singing certain songs to, you know, guitars, you know, drums, lights, action or whatever. And it's crazy how this, this he he's like innovated, you know, in a certain way tapping back into something that seems to be, boring and outdated and giving yeah. it life again. Yeah. Because he's singing I, I, songs from the eighties, bro. You know, he's singing songs from the nineties. Right. You know, he's and mixing them and transforming his songs. And I'm like something that seems, especially in a black culture, in black culture of church, this lost art of a chorale or choir. That if you have a choir, watch this, that in some sense, if your church has a choir, somehow you are deemed traditional.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And how he's like literally used the model of having a choir and kind of made it mainstream.
0: Yeah, and and I think in that way, Kanye is actually showing us something. Again, his art, the things that he's doing is critiquing the reality of the church, more than I think the church is willing to listen, I think we're like very happy to kind of go, well, I say there's some. Some are very happy to go, oh, yeah, Kanye's a Christian. This is great. People are going to find Jesus. But like what you're saying is actually Kanye is providing, in some sense, this critique of showing the lost art of what the church was and, in some sense, is actually providing a critique to show us that the way that we do our liturgies or the way that we do our worship services, the way that we actually engage with culture is influenced itself by culture. Mm. So rather than being, whether you want to call it countercultural, or if you want to say something like an old theologian, Richard Niebuhr, that the proper way of the church is that when Christ engages with culture, culture transforms, it's not christ Against culture, but Christ who transforms culture, that a lot of our liturgical realities have actually just been informed by culture. We've yeah. taken on culture in an attempt to actually give something to culture. And I yeah. think Kanye is providing an interesting and unique critique to kind of go, I don't have to take what culture says I have to do in order to provide something that is good. Wow. And it's causing people to think about it. These Sunday services are things that I think for the most part people are interested in and they're finding them, I mean, of course, they're all over the place, right? Is it with anything that's big? You've got some people who are like, wow, this seems really kind of weird and cult-like because they're all wearing the same clothes. But at the same time, it's also kind of saying you don't have to follow the model that we say that you have to follow in order to actually impact and make change. Right. 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 And I think that's a beautiful critique that we actually get out of Kanye in a, in a, at least his art, right? Yeah. Again, if we can separate for a second Kanye from his art, though I know you can't separate an artist from the art completely, but if we actually just look at what the artist is doing, there's something to be learned there that we're often kind of just bypassing because we're looking straight at Kanye.
1: Yeah. And I think we see him as an icon and not a Christian yeah, we don't. We look at them as an icon. Don't look at them as a human being that was crying out, crying out years ago, crying out for help. Yeah, and I think the church, in some regard, didn't hear. We don't hear these voices crying out.
0: You know, oh, and, and I, think, I think that's all over music, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, one of the most impactful songs of my my Christianity, my walk with God is a song that's not at all Christian, right? At least given the moniker of Christian. And it's this song from the 1975 called If I Believe You, which is just this like gut-wrenching reality of a guy who's proclaiming that if Jesus was real, he's asking Jesus to show himself. And then also kind of using a lot of arguments that it sounds to me very similar to what the church would say to almost go, I've tried all this. It didn't work.
1: wow.
0: Right? And I think there's others too. Noah Gunderson, I can think of as having some very kind of strong statements about kind of searching for God. And they don't have to be that explicit about searching for God. But I think that we can hear, just like we could hear with Kanye, this reality of someone who's searching and looking, and as soon as they find, we kind of deny their finding. You know,
1: it's. I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because I, I really do feel like we must be willing to hear the testimonies of people and pray yeah. for people and hope that they do the right thing. I mean, as a leader, as a pastor, my job is not to police the people that I minister to and disciple them. Right. It is my responsibility to love them, give them the word. But when they walk out of these four walls, out of the four walls of the church, they're on their own. It's them and the Holy Spirit. And what I have heard, what I have heard is a lot of faith talk in his interviews that saying, man, I just really want to be obedient to Jesus. He's literally said, I'm not singing the old songs that I used to sing. My yeah. catalog of songs that I won awards on I'm not singing them anymore now y'all can listen to them, but I'm not doing them anymore and for the fact that he changed a lot of his songs, even the ones that he's doing in the sunday service, he's changed them he's changed the lyrics,
0: yeah mhm-
1: and here here's the other part here's the other part when you look at the music industry. There will be people who start out in gospel and Christian music because cash is king, right? Yeah. The market for Christian artists is very, very small compared to pop culture. Right. Why would a pop artist, why would a person who is a world-renowned rapper producer choose Christian music?
0: Definitely not to make money. Well, okay. I, I, I say that, but in some sense, of course, the, the money is there, The money is the there, fact that he is but, Kanye but not, himself. But
1: not in ways in which we think. Right. Because even the radio market for Christian artists is way much smaller than it is for pop culture, you know what I'm saying, for the larger dominant pop culture. So no one is making, you know, Christian, like Snoop Dogg, he's not doing it for money,
0: Right. Like,
1: which, there has to which be is, something much bigger. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about in terms of how much money they know they can make by making an album that has all the different lyrics and has all the different right. things about whatever, all the explicit stuff. They know what type of wages is garnished. I mean, how, what type of wages are made with that type right. of music.
0: I mean, you can just look at his catalog of yeah. music and recognize that, this whole album is a clean album. And I don't think he's ever done that before.
1: No. So, I mean. You know for what I mean? Me, so, for me, that raised, for me, my ear is to the, my ear, I'm listening. Because I'm like, because I have people, I know people in the gospel music industry. I know people in the Christian music industry. And they're, and they're going, you know, a person is not flipping these sides to get a bigger check that's what i'm saying
0: yeah right exactly he'll still make money off of it but he's not going to make the money off of it that he would have given wasn't there another album that he was going to to put out um and decided not to put that album out and then this one came out instead yeah um you know that's going to cause you to lose money Not make money. Because if I, if I wanted to make money, the last thing I would do is work for a Christian organization, right? I'm going to go, I'm going to go work for the corporate world.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go work for Facebook. I'm going to go work for uh, a tech industry place. I'm, uh, you know what I'm saying? Something in tech. I'm going to work something in the medical field. I'm not just going to choose, you know, something in the humanities,
0: (laughs) you know, right? My my brother's a doctor. Yeah. He's a medical doctor. And, yeah. and I'm working towards my doctorate, but Come the pay on. difference between our two doctorates <laughs> are in the hundreds of thousands.
1: <laughs> right. So what I'm saying is there has to be something where Jesus sees the rich young ruler and says, sell everything. And he goes away disheartened because right. of what Jesus asked him to give up.
0: Which is interesting you know? thinking about that, pairing that with Kanye is that even though it doesn't necessarily for most of us— Like, I mean, if I could make the money that Kanye made off this album, I'd be living large. But for Kanye, how much he gave up to make this album is greater than my bank account will ever see, right? There is yeah. actually a huge giving up of, it just doesn't seem like it to us who have never actually had that kind of money or had that reality of money.
1: Yeah, and I hear, I hear, you know, uh, you know, ministers of bridges talk about the wealth of the wicked, you know, is laid up for the just. What, 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 what does that look like? And what is that model when you have someone in that industry that's saying, hey, I'm in the fashion industry, I'm in the clothing industry, but I'm going to use those funds to fund... This Christian journey, this walk—I mean, the guy is traveling, is chartering a plane, you know, right—to do these services all over what, America. What I think,
0: what I think Not will be interesting, in America,
1: but you know, they've gone to Jamaica. They've gone to these other places as well.
0: What I think will be interesting is to because he's a public figure watch Kanye from the sidelines, right? And there's a big difference between watching him from the sidelines and judging him from the sidelines, Yeah. but, but watching to see the fruitfulness of what's happening, you know, within kind of his life and how you kind of see that. Well, Travis, I appreciate so much talking with me today, man. Um, uh, man, thank let our you, listeners man. know how they can connect with you or keep their conversation going, kind of see what's going on with you.
1: Yeah. Also, <laughs> as I promote my social media, <laughs>
0: I'm yeah, on do Instagram. It. That's what, I mean, yeah, it's all right.
1: <laughs> I, I'm on Instagram, uh, Travis T R A V I S underscore S I M O N S. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, don't I don't use Twitter much, but uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know many people that do anymore. And, yeah, but um, yeah, you could just you know, my Instagram is the best way to kind of connect with me.
0: Awesome. Well, again, Travis, thanks so much for coming and uh, having a little Jesus is King conversation and um, can't wait to speak again soon.
1: Hey, always a pleasure.
0: Yeah. Thanks, man.